You're now listening to J House Radio in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Wine be the gang and you know them niggas Boot it up, turned up, piped up I'm back, baby, where the love at? I'm back, baby, where the love at? Trying to get that fixed, but I'll have it shortly. What is up, Evan? What is up, my friend? Bro. Bro. I'm, man, I, f- I feel so good right now, man. You know, oh, God. let me tell you something. This is a very special J House, and I'm going to tell you why, in the words of Stephen A. Smith. Uh, because last night, for the first time in, since 2012, when the Dark Knight Rises trailer got released, for the first time since then, I went to bed last night feeling really good about DC. Yeah. that I have not felt that way in a long time. Not even with Joker, because like when it came to Joker, I was like, yes, I have no doubt this movie will be amazing, but this is just one film that has nothing to do with DC's grander projects. So, yeah, like how like will they actually build off this? Like what will they do with this film? Yeah. Um, but dude, I don't even know where to start today. I don't even I, know. I don't even know. Because I don't know. I don't know either, man. I have watched the Snyder Cut trailer about four times, and I can't even tell you how many times I've watched the Batman trailer. Yeah. I mean, I am incredibly, incredibly impressed with what I saw from... I mean, with the Snyder trailer, I wasn't actually expecting too much because it wasn't a movement that I've been a part of. I mean, I'm glad the man got the trailer. So I kind yeah. of in with low expectations, and I was blown away. I was absolutely blown away. Um, yeah. But when it came to the Batman, I did have high expectations because I know how good of a director that uh, Matt Reeves is. Yeah. And I know how good Robert Pattinson is. So you put the two together. I expect nothing less than an amazing film. And from what I saw in that trailer, bro, I'm telling you, I am just, I'm ready. I'm freaking ready. It's going to be crazy, ain't it? Yeah. But I tell you what, I'm sorry. No, I I was just going to say this, and and I'll pass it back to you, like, well, well, Go ahead, say what you were going to say, because now we can get to each point and, 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 and sort of dive in. Go ahead. I want to start talking about the Snyder Cut trailer. Uh, okay. I want to start talking about Snyder, then we'll talk about the Batman. Um, yeah. Let me tell you real quick my initial thoughts on what I saw from the Snyder Cut trailer. Yeah. It is obviously a complete 180 from the trailer that was released for the first Justice League movie. Uh, yeah. The, the Joss Whedon Justice League, I should say. Because if yeah. you go back and watch the Justice League trailer, 
it was like really quick like the there's a lot of action in the trailer the I believe Icky Thump by the White Stripes was the song playing in the background. Yeah, uh, all, the, all the songs that, that you heard from uh, Icky Thump to, um, you know, uh, the Come Together yeah. by Jerry Clark, all those were songs that were originally supposed to be there. So, yeah, but go ahead. But my point with that being is those two songs um, are both incredibly, like, really fast-paced, like, excitement but they went with leonard cohen's hallelujah which was played in zach snyder's movie uh watchman uh and the tone of this film was very 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 i can't stress how different this trailer felt than the justice league trailer Uh, almost night day really um and honestly i'm excited i was very impressed with a lot of things i saw um the only negative i can say is i'm not entirely sure how i feel about how dark side looks yeah and and that's about that's that's a valid um that's a valid uh viewpoint to have because um, yet again, the f- they they gave Zach about thirty million to finish completing the movie, and obviously it's not going to be ready until twenty twenty one. But he did have enough to be able to show us for for fandom, so they're hard at work on that. What we saw with Dark Side was his early. That's his earliest rendering. You know, it's young. This yeah, young, I know it's young Dark Side. I'm just talking about like just. The, C- the visual effects. Yeah, it's the CGI of it. It's not the design of them that bothers. It's kind of the same problem that I had with Doomsday. It's just that he looked ridiculous. But um, but this dark side, I mean, I here's the difference. When it came to Doomsday, you would have had to have, like, had I not seen him kill Superman, I wouldn't have known that was Doomsday. Um uh, but with this character, I can look at him and tell, like, yeah, that's Dark Side. That yeah, that's- and and it's it's been confirmed that the the v, the VFX for that shot are not one hundred percent, or nor for the whole film have been complete. So that's a val that's a valid opinion that I hear some people say, and it's totally understandable. Yeah. But yeah, they're they're gonna finish it up and and make it, you know, look at because that's that's we get two looks at Dark Side. During the trailer, of course, the first one is at the beginning, and then the second one is at the midway point of the trailer. I believe we see a hooded, um, we get to see a hooded sort of version of him where he's hooded and he turns around and has this menacing look on his face. That's a more complete, that's a complete, C, a complete uh, visual effect and CGI shot of him, and he looks very, very good in that second shot. But I totally understand why people see about the unfinished visual effects of the first one. Well, but just like, and and I'm not about to start comparing Marvel to DC, but when you look, when you you look at Thanos' look in uh, Infinity War and Endgame, I mean, that, he looked about as real as can be. He didn't look like what I keep calling Power Ranger-y at all. And and to be fair, this dark side didn't look Power Ranger-y. Uh, 
And if anybody ever doesn't know what I mean by that, go watch some classic Power Rangers episodes and look at how yeah. And go look at how ridiculous. I mean, now let me say this. I grew up loving the Power Rangers, so I'm not I'm not shitting on them. I'm just saying the villains back in the day, they look ridiculous. Um Yeah. Uh but you know, overall, I can't say too much negative about the trailer because the positives far outweigh the negative. Mostly the, the tonal shift is what I'm loving, is how yeah. I really got the whole, you know, dark side of here. This is not funny. This is serious, you know. Um, but I think my favorite part of the whole trailer was Batman's pep talk at the end talking about he's never fought all of us together. Yeah. Being and, and Black Superman, dude. It's going to be tough. There, there were some moments in that trailer where uh, I was, uh, and what's funny is I was watching it with, um, with some people and they were laughing at me because uh, I was standing up fist of the JL trailer. Yeah. Like, let's go. Like, especially and, in... Yeah. Okay. No, and I, and I was going to say, I mean, let them laugh because this is like, you got people on online, all these negative critics that are already being shut down by Zach and other people talking about some, it's the same movie, it just has alternate scenes. And I'm like, no, it's not. Not this fucking like at the end of at the end of the other movie in 2017 you can see Victor's dad giving him you know the C symbol and helping him upgrade and they're all smiles and everything in this trailer his dad Silas is getting straight up like watchman style Dr. Manhattan evaporated cuz he's trapped in a box with the with the mother box that's being opened up and I'm like so don't talk to me about about it being the same movie, dude. This man's dad just got disintegrated. We're seeing a lot more shots of uh, Cyborg and his personal story that was supposed to be in there. Stephen Wolf looks like an absolute dog. A dog, I say. Like, I Jesus. He wasn't in the trailer that much, so I can't speak too much on him. I'll have to look back at him and see how he looked. Yeah. Um, because to me, honestly, maybe it's because it was just a quick glance. I thought he kind of looked the same, but it is what it is. Um, yeah. Let's say this. I'm actually very excited that they've got Steppenwolf and Darkseid in this film. Right. I kind of get the vibe that the plot of this movie will be Steppenwolf will be the, the beginning of the film. And I feel like the Justice League will make quick work of him and just beat him easy and send him home. Yeah. And Darkseid be all like, you failed me for the last time. I'll do this shit myself. Like, I can... Yeah. I, I can see Darkseid showing up. And that's what I'm looking forward. Like, I'm not yeah. going to come into this film picky at all. All... I just want to see one thing. I want to see Darkseid and Superman throw hands. That's all I want to yeah. see. You give me Henry Cobble's black suit Superman throwing hands with Darkseid, I will love this film. And I, and I hope I hope that we get it because it's a four hour movie. And for those who don't, four who hours, God damn! 
this I just posted on Instagram that this is going to be the Lord of the Rings of superhero movies from my point of view. Lord of the Rings hours long. Lord of the Rings is four. Well, it's three hours long, isn't it? I'm sorry. Three or four. It's close, but I but four hours of nothing but superhero goodness. I mean, of course we're probably gonna get to see that because. In the two-hour version of whatever Joss released, Dark Side was only hinted at one time when uh, Stephen Wolf was talking about the unity of the mother boxes and saying, "Allow me to correct myself. Return of the King is four hours long." You were I had right. a, I had a feeling. You were right. My bad. No, you good. It was and 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 like I'm just like. Four whole hours. They're going to break it down into four parts, so they're going to release one hour at a time when it comes out on HBO Max, and then they're going to package it all together for people to watch in one whole sitting, which probably means 4K Blu-ray release. We're probably going to get a Blu-ray release of this movie, oh, too. Oh, I'll be buying that. And um, you, you feel me, bro? I'm like, oh my gosh. It's just going to be amazing, and it's it's a major course correction, and I think it's safe to say that everyone in the world now has forgotten the disaster that was in 2017 because of this, and it's evident. I, I don't you know what I'm saying. Go that far and say that people have forgotten. Um, but I, I mean, I will say the fact that this uh, is number two right now on YouTube and trending. Um. That's awesome. I mean, that's yeah. And you, and, the, and you pointed that out earlier. Mm-hmm. You pointed that out earlier in um in earlier podcasts where you were like the hype. I wanted the hype to be there to the point where it should be trending on YouTube and it should be trend. And I'm like, yeah. And I was praying for that too. And I was like, well, you know, if it doesn't, then you know, I'll be fine. But then. I I guess you could say the expectation just blew off the roof with DC fandom. And, like, now not only Zach's JL, but the Batman, every, like, just trending all over the place. That's what and I'm like, is the fact that the number uh, that Snyder's trailer is number two, and the only trailer, the only thing in front of it is also a DC property. A DC property, yeah. Well, so, yeah, I, go ahead. I don't understand this notion, and you mentioned it earlier. I don't understand people saying that this is the same film with just alternate scenes. I, no, that that to me doesn't make any sense because I mean it's two totally different. It's not like this is a extended cut. It's not. No. It's you know, like just. It's not like the with Batman v Superman. It's not like Batman theatrical versus Ultimate Edition released. This right. This is a total rescrap. This is two different visions of the same concept. We had Joss's vision in 2017, and now Zach's. Yeah, and and what people what people have to understand is two things. Number one. WB gave Joss Sweden a sizable budget to reshoot 
everything. So he reshot about 80 to 90% of the movie. So all this that we're seeing from the trailer is already shot in complete footage that Warner Brothers took time to go back and refilm. That's a lot of refilming, bro. A lot. Script change, everything. Like they even, Zach even put flashes scene, flashes scene is in there, fully done, complete visual effects where he saves uh, Iris and everything. Like it's all there. And I'm like, man, like it's it's just crazy, bro. Like I people are like, it doesn't exist. And like, here's the proof that it was shot and that it was complete. It was it was done. And it's it's wow, black suit. There is no red sky that in Russia or any crap like that. There's none of that, bro. There's none of that. It's just it's all here. Batman's even taking shots from parademon weapons and blocking them with his wrist gauntlet. Then his ending speech, like you said, at the end was like incredible. And that's what everyone hyped about. Not only is he coming back for the Flash movie, but we're going to see the Batman that we should have already seen in JL. This Batman is going to be in the fight. This Batman is going to take on everybody. He's going to be sitting on the side. He's not going to be sitting on the sidelines shooting a gun. You know, there won't be any, oh, my spleen hurt. Oh, something's broken scene. There's none of that. That didn't even exist. That wasn't Zach. There, there won't be any of that. This is balls out, tough Batman that we got from Batman v Superman. So people have to understand that. Oh, yeah. And, um, I mean, dude, I just, I was very, 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 very impressed with everything that I saw from this trailer. Uh, yeah. Like I said, the main thing being just the overall tone of the film. Right. Was incredibly different than what we saw in uh, Justice League. Yeah. And, and it, it just goes to show, man, that look, and, and I keep telling everybody this because like, and we'll address this later on too, because what I, what I see this is, and, and now we're not just talking about Justice League, we're talking about the Batman, Suicide Squad, Black Adam, The Flash. We're talking about for all of DC. This is a big, this movie to me is a big restarting point for, you know, everything because you're correcting something, a mistake that you made. You're releasing something better in its place and then you're going to continue on, you know, with whatever you were doing. This is a big chance to reset that balance as well as with The Flash and just sort of take it back to where you were all to take it back to where you were supposed to go. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, I, I already tweeted this. I'm like, people look, don't start. And we'll talk about this later as well. Don't start with all these, you know, DC just kill Marvel. Don't start with all that. Look, yes, DC is trending. DC is top right now. DC is shining. Yes. Okay. But, Let's put that in a perspective. Yes, congratulations, DC. You're trending. Yes. Yeah. I'm saying this to the DC fans because I've seen that too and it pissed me off. Let me say, right. DC, yes, congratulations, DC fans. We're finally trending. But you do know that Marvel has the highest grossing film of all time. You know this. They broke their own friggin' record with Infinity War, then Endgame. So, miss right. so all these fans out there can miss me with, oh, man, DC's already about to pass. No. 
no, 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 no. DC has a long friggin' way to go if you want to seriously start talking to me about passing Marvel. Get out. Right. It- Two trending trailers does not equate highest grossing film ever. Right. That's fucking so, Right. That's true. And and that's what I wanted people to do. I'm like, humble yourself now because like, and, and I, I told somebody, I posted on Vero, I said, uh, I said, uh, this this just goes to show. This is an example, just going to show you how much box office numbers mean to people in terms of success. I was talking in competition. I posted on Vero that that Justice League would be the Lord of the Rings of superhero movies, and then somebody commented, you know, um, well, you know, I don't think I don't know about these movies outgrossing Avengers Endgame and blah blah blah. And I'm like, dude, you t-, and I commented back. I'm like, no, I'm not talking about in terms of money and gross. I'm just talking about in terms of getting back to just being good. Period. That is what I meant. I'm not talking about that. And everyone's posting these uh, the Marvel slate that was announced after Endgame. Like, oh, so we're just going to forget about Marvel that Marvel announced these. And I'm like, no, we're not forgetting about what Marvel is doing just because DC has some shine right now. You know what I'm saying? Just because DC's getting back on track, that doesn't take away or mean that DC is crapping on Marvel. It's just just let DC have some shine for a little bit, bro. We're not forgetting about Marvel. We're not forgetting about how amazing they've been for the past 10 years. We're not forgetting about what they've done for the culture and for the superhero genre. That's not that at all. It's just, just let DC have some shine. It's time for DC to get back on track, too. Let's enjoy both. I, and I told you this, bro. I sat my butt down in that theater. I watched Black Panther. I watched Infinity War, and I watched Endgame consecutively. Captain America Civil War, uh, Captain America uh, Winter Soldier. I was there for the first Iron Man, the second and the third one. The Hulk, I was there for all of them, bro. And I sat my butt down and I enjoyed them. Dr. Strange, I enjoyed them, man. So, like, people need to understand me what I'm saying. This isn't taken away from anything Marvel is doing. It's not a competition. It's just DC getting some shine. Because I'm going to be sitting my butt right down in that theater watching every MCU movie that comes out from here until the end of time. And I'm going to be sitting my butt down watching DC movies as long as they are doing their own thing and succeeding at it like they're doing right now. That's all, bro. That's all. So, yeah, but go ahead. I just had to clear that up, man, because these people tripping. I'm like, no, we're not tripping on Marvel. We're not saying that. Just let DC shine. People look at DC and Marvel like, I mean, for... You know, if you're listening and you're a Southerner, you know, it's like people act like in Auburn. Right. Which it's absolutely not. I mean, with Alabama and Auburn, yes, it's a competition. It is two teams. They're going to meet on the field. They're going to play against each other. Yeah. And someone's going to win. Someone's going to lose. But with and D.C., it's I, I don't understand this whole you must like one because I mean, no, I mean, number one, do people understand, number one, none of these characters are real. This is all made-up stuff. So to argue about this, I think, is ridiculous to begin with. Um, right. But, I mean, it, it all comes – when it comes to movies and things like that, it all comes down to personal preference. It all – Right. Like, um, I mean, I had some friends uh, over here the other night, 
uh, and we watched, uh, or we tried to watch Joker, and they didn't really like it. Which, I mean, for yeah. me, fine. You know, if you don't like it, you don't have to like it. Okay. But what gets me is this whole thing, like, if Marvel does well, that's bad for DC. And I push right. to say, no, it's not, because the MCU brought superheroes to a level to which we've never seen before. And right. Now, yes, the Nolan trilogy did a lot to really give superhero films legitimacy. Right. Uh, you know, Heath Ledger winning an Oscar. First time ever that anybody in a superhero film had won an Oscar. Um, yeah. But, I mean, the MCU, I mean, you have to give it up to them. These guys took superheroes and made them the most popular thing in cinema. Yeah, give 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 respect where respect is due. I mean, it's not even respect; it's just basic facts. It's what they yeah. they took superheroes and they made them bigger than they've ever been. I have nothing negative to say about the MCU. I was on yeah. the other day, and I told you I think, and the numbers speak for themselves, that it is the biggest franchise of all time. It's got yeah. it got bigger than Lord of the Rings, Star Wars. Star Trek, Harry Potter, all of them. Um, right. I mean, we've never seen anything like this, like the MCU. It is a just juggernaut of box office billions and phenomenal films. You will not hear me on here say anything negative about that. But DC, having the struggles they did, had nothing to do with Marvel doing so well. It was just... Right. But, you know, it's... Right. Marvel and DC can be successful at the same time. Um, I, I, say, that, say that again, ever. Repeat that again for the people in the back. Say it again. <laughs> Marvel and DC can be same time. Same time. And see, the fact that you know Marvel has gotten so big and superheroes of a whole have gotten big, that could be a big thing for DC as well. That's good for everyone. Yeah. Exactly. Like, I absolutely love that the older generation is, you know, taking an interest in superheroes again. I love that right. superheroes are for everybody. Um, right. And, yeah, and, and this whole competition, I mean, I wish people would stop. They're not going to. Um, yeah, these people won't. No. I mean, it's sad. I mean, and me personally, I've always enjoyed both of them. I've never yeah. had a negative thing to say about Marvel. There's Marvel characters I've grown up reading, like Spider-Man yeah. and, and characters like that and Hulk. I mean, I love those guys. It's just, yeah. It just so happens that I grew up reading more DC comics because I love Batman. He's my all-time favorite. Yeah. Um, but so, so, oh, Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was going to say, can, so can, with that being said, can we establish this? You know, Walter Hamada... Um, you know, head over the DCEU projects, Jim Lee, who was head of head of DC overall and as and uh, the head publisher, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and Greg Berlanti, who's head over the DC TV series, all sat down and talked about what they're doing with the DC uh, DC multiverse and how, you know, opening that door, putting uh, Ezra Miller's flash in the episode with um, with Ezra Miller's Flash made them realize that they can actually have multiple realities within one big DC multiverse 
and have the tonal shifts and stories not interfere with each other. And then they showed a visual of almost all the DC projects in the history of DC with different multiple Earths, like Doom Patrol. I, I didn't get to get the numbers. I think they're going to further explain that on September 7th, on September 17th or, se- or in September with part two of DC fandom. But they had um, Earth numbers labeled on each of the different universes because now they're all different. They're part of the multiverse. DC TV is known as Earth Prime. Um, the DC um, TV streams with like Swamp Thing and uh, Doom Patrol is known as Earth such and such. And then the, you got the main DCEU and even Green Lantern. Green Lantern counts. They put Earth they gave Earth, uh, I don't know what number they gave it, like Earth 19. Even Green La- Ryan Reynolds' Green Lantern is its own different thing because they're counting everything in its own uh, universe because of the multiverse. And I'm like, wow. And then they went to HBO's Watchmen and then they went to Zack Snyder's Watchmen. And they're like, these two are multiple different things. There's multiple infinite realities with different things. And so all in all, just to say that, just to say this, I really think DC is making an amazing move here by having embracing something that they've always put in comics, having a variety of different multiverses, you know, not too much to the point where you can't manage them, but just enough to let everybody know, hey, if you like this, then this this is the multiverse part for you. Or if you like this, this is your part of the multiverse that you can like as well. They're just giving everybody everything that they want. And so, and now we're seeing the results of that, obviously, right now. And so I just think that, like, with that being said, do you think that DC should stick with this moving forward? Because I don't see any other way they can go. They're, they're, they're sticking with this multiverse, and this is what they want to do. And so far, it's looking good. I think, um, what, what do you think? I think they have to. I don't think they have a choice. I think, D, I don't think DC can afford another redo i don't think yeah. I, I don't think dc can afford to go back and start over again mm-hmm. it already hurt them big time doing it now it yeah. already hurt them with you know them and when i say hurt them i mean when you have birds of prey and then all those movies and it's like are they trying to restart like what are they even doing at this point um yeah. I do still have very legitimate concerns about if people are going to be able to keep up with the continuity of everything DC is trying to do. Um, Because this is a lot of moving parts here. Uh, and, And I would submit that a project like this is even more ambitious than what the MCU did. Um, because what the MCU did is, you know, they made all new stories for all new characters. Well, not all new characters, but you get, they had like all these new stories. Nothing was connected to anything that had happened in the past. The MCU is its own thing. Yeah. Um, but what DC is doing is they're connecting it all. Um, right. I mean, it's ambitious as hell. And if it works out, then I think this could really be something huge. Um, yeah, but you know, I, I don't think DC is ever going to just up and fade away. I really don't. Uh, right. And I was thinking about this last night when I was watching the Batman trailer, you know, 
I just have this feeling that everybody's always going to like characters like Batman and Superman just because they're so popular and they've been around forever. Um, right. And it's like I've been saying, you know, as, as much as I love all the Marvel characters, I've always said I think Batman and Superman are the two most well-known uh, superheroes. Yeah. Um, and DC's known that too, and that's how come they've only ever tried to make, until recent years, a Batman or Superman movie. Very recently, that's all they've really done. Right. You'll either, you'll either get a Batman or a Superman. Um, yeah. But I, I'm very optimistic <laughs> what I saw. Um, and the last thing that they showed it, and I really can't speak on this because I haven't had the opportunity to watch it because I was uh, too busy freaking out over the Batman. Uh, yeah. They released a trailer for the new, there's a new Batman or Bat Family video game coming out, yeah. which I'm very excited about. And also I was very, I was pleasantly surprised to hear that this is not an Arkham game. I was right. I was very and 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 let me say this: the Arkham series is my favorite video game series of all time, all time. I have played those games more than any other video game I've ever played before. I absolutely loved the Arkham, the fighting, yeah. everything. It's just perfection, just perfection. They've really. There's really nothing to add with the story at this point, you know? Yeah. That's I mean, true. I, I'm about to spoil it for everybody, but if you haven't played Arkham at this point, it's your own damn fault. Uh, it's your own. But, you know, they had, you know, Joker's dead and, like, totally gone. Like, he's forgotten in Batman's memory now. Um, and, uh,. You know, Scarecrow's beaten, and then it's implied that Batman is dead. You know, if is he really dead? We don't know. It's kind of we don't know. But there was really nothing to add to the yeah. story, unless you were going to do like a filler story in between. What I heard was that that initially is that it was a filler in between Origins and Asylum, which me personally I wouldn't have been as excited for. Because I've never been a big fan of prequel stories. Right. Simply because my favorite thing about stories, or one of them, is that I don't know what how this ends. But with, yeah. with prequels, you ultimately know where this is heading. Because you've already seen, like, you'll see characters and you're like, okay, this character's not in stories, so... I can assume they probably die at some point. Right. So they're just surprises. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm excited that they announced that it's not Arkham. It's a different video game. Uh, so I'm excited for that. But on, uh, this is what I've really been wanting to talk about all day. This is all I've been capable of talking about all day. Um, is the trailer that was released for Matt Reeves' The Batman. Yes. This is all I... Eric, listen. You know how much I love Batman. Uh, I do. 
and I've tried to be very optimistic about this movie. I mean, I had some doubts and concerns about it. Um, I didn't know what kind of Batman they were going to do. Um, and I didn't know what kind of tone it would take. But, yeah. dude, I'm not going to put words in your mouth. I'm going to let you speak on what you thought. This trailer um, was even better than I thought. Yeah. It, and it really it really was as soon as i as soon as i had saw it on youtube i put it up on my on the tv up front and i sat my butt down and i and i watched it on the floor cuz i was like a little kid with candy and um and before going into that point i agree with everything you just said about the video game you know there's not much else you can explore in arkham if you haven't played them by now it's your own fault but these still look like they're going to be fun and um and so you know with Matt Reeves, the Batman, I I told everyone on Questionable Minute a while back, I said, look, the key to doing a Batman trilogy is to do your own thing. Don't try to copy previous incarnations. Don't try to do anything else that, um, that has already been done. Just keep... Um, you know, keep continuing to innovate and do your own thing and you'll be successful. Matt Reeves and Robert Pattinson did exactly that with what I, with, with um the Batman. You know, this is a totally different take. Jim Lee has confirmed that this is a year two Batman. So this Batman that exists in his own universe has only been Batman for two years. And it's got this young, grungy type feel that's reinforced by Nirvana's song, um, something's in the way, which I think was an awesome choice. Um, real grungy and young type feel to it. And it's just like, what more could you ask for? It's brutal. Um, and I'll get to that a little bit later. Um, it sounds like, and, and we're not, um, it sounds like, it sounds like, it, can you hear me? Yeah. It sounds like it may be um, it may be the Riddler who may be the villain for um, for this one for this uh, movie just by you know what we're hearing and stuff. But this is so a total hundred percent is yeah. He want the Riddler's the villain. Like as the, soon, bro. Yeah. When I saw that in that green envelope that said to the Batman, I literally had to pause the TV and I about had a heart. Yeah. Because, dude, you remember I've been telling you that the Riddler is one of my all-time favorite Batman villains. I, I think you told me you didn't really care much for him. That was only in Arkham because I was very frustrated with the Riddles. That was only in Arkham. <laughs> but I've always loved Riddler because I've always considered him. I mean, look, I love Joker, and he's obviously the most well-known Batman villain. But I've always said the Riddler in my opinion, is Batman's real ultimate challenge because he's the one villain Batman has that can actually outsmart him. He's the only villain that's ever straight up identified that Bruce Wayne is Batman. Right. Uh, and so, I mean, and whenever I read the Dark Year comics where Riddler becomes Emperor and shuts out power to the city, that's the kind of Riddler I was wanting to see. The Jim, Car all due respect to a great actor and Jim Carrey, 
That Riddler was atrocious. That was not the Riddler. That was yeah. that was just some goofy, like G-rated version of Riddler. That is not. And and, and DC admits it. DC admitted that so well. Even and this is no disrespect on Adam West Batman and Batman sixty six. No disrespect, but even during the panels. Uh, those little sketches with Batman Beyond and they said and Bruce, old Bruce says there's an incoming transmission Terry and he sees that it's an alternate reality in which Batman 66 that was a, a different Batman and they're just making fun of you know old school Batman the whole time admitting how crazy it was and how you know how you know awkward and you know jumpy and you know all that that it was it was sort of crazy, man, just for them to admit that, you know, and it, it was just funny. But and that sort of ties into the same thing, you know, with, you know, Batman being, you know, during that transition period post Burton, where he was just sort of this super campy comic book type ordeal. And um, and the creators even admitted it when they talked about when they had a whole panel about the Joker, where Jack Nicholson, Heath Ledger. Uh, I mean, Jack Nicholson, uh, Mark Hamill all spoke on the different legacies of the Joker. You know, they said in the comics, Joker was something else, but it wasn't until the Comics Code Authority came along that, you know, things had to be campy and things had to be, you know, lighter because they didn't want that, you know, darkness in there. They didn't want anything that was, you know, like that. Obviously, that's not the case now, but, you know, they admitted that, you know, so. Riddler, especially from Batman Forever, like, come on, man, just you know, crazy stuff. But go ahead. Well, yeah, you know, and you compare the, you know, Tommy Jones, Tommy Lee Jones, who again, phenomenal actor. You compare his Two Face to the Aaron Eckhart Two Face, night and day. Night and day. Um, but yeah, there, there's so much in that trailer that's got me hyped. Uh. The main thing being just the, the the darkness of it, like the intensity in that trailer was so legit. And you know, you sent me a message one time. It was a clip from Batman v Superman. It was the warehouse scene. Yeah. And you said, "There's no way in hell Pattinson's gonna match this intensity." Brother, I eat my crow. I eat my crow. Give I, me my crow. I was about to say, brother. After watching that trailer. I got to disagree with you. I got watching him yeah. beat the shit out of that street thug. Oh my god. Like he beat, he beat that some bitch down. And then and then after he put him on the ground, gave him a two-piece chicken special. Bop bop and I'm like, "Okay. Okay. So I'm going to eat my crow on that." Pattinson definitely bought it. And then he said the the line at the end, "I am vengeance." I'm like, Talk yo ish, Robert Pattinson. Talk your noise, bro. Talk that talk. I'm like, okay, major, major. And I'm like, oh, I, I eat my crow on that, bro. He I, bought it. I loved the fact that that's the Batman they went with. That they went with. Because, see, here's my thing. As much as I love the Dark Knight trilogy, and I've told you a thousand I think it's the best superhero trilogy ever, far away. Yeah. Um, sec. I don't know what I would consider second. Probably Captain America, if it's 
if you go first Avenger, Winter Soldier, Civil War, that would probably yeah. be my second favorite. Um, but dude, the the my only comp- if I have one with the Dark Knight trilogy is that Christian Bale's Batman to me never had that moment where he was that true symbol of fear. Like, yes, Batman's a symbol of justice. He's a symbol of, you know, to hope to a certain extent in Gotham. But he, but he, wasn't, he wasn't brutal. No, there was never really that moment where Bale's Batman shows up and you're like, okay, let's go. Let's yeah. go. I mean, but that's because they went with about as realistic and vulnerable and human as you can make a Batman. And that's how come Bane straight up broke his back. Over yeah. his knee, straight up. Yeah. I would argue that Ben Affleck's Batman wouldn't have gotten his uh, back broke like that. Right, and and, and people got to think about the context of the villains, you know, that we're gonna get with Robert Pattinson and even uh, Ben Affleck if he if they do any anything else. Rumor has it that Flash will be his final uh, appearance as Batman, and they'll they'll close him out in some sort of way. Rumor has it, but. Think about it. If that Batman that Zach showed is that powerful, think about what a Bane in that universe would be like. Think about everything like come like that's pretty crazy. And so like even with the the prospect of Robert Pattinson, we're seeing what he can do. Think about what kind of villains can be bought to um, can be bought to the table for uh, Robert Pattinson's Batman. Like, bro, wild stuff. It seems like Matt Reeves is 1,000% going for the much darker version of Batman. Not really. That trailer looked to me like it'll probably be PG-13, but it looks like it could easily be a rated R film. Um, Yeah. From what I saw. If people go and read Year Batman Year One, or even read any iteration of the early years, pretty much, um, especially Year One, you'll find out that it was a lot of grimy, dirty detective work um, that Bruce Wayne was doing in his younger years. Of course, he was going around in the bat suit. He was being Batman in the alleyways, but a lot of it was dirty, you know, patient detective work. Which um, which Matt Reeves said he really wanted to explore in this one. He wanted to explore the criminology aspect of Batman, which means we're going to see Robert Pattinson doing a lot of investigating. We're going to see him putting a lot of de- a lot of detective work to use. And so I, I'm re- that's one aspect that I'm really really looking forward to with his. And it just looked like a well. I mean, and for a film that is not uh, even halfway done yet, for them to put together a trailer like that, I'm hella impressed. Right. Um, and I've never had any doubts about uh, Reeves directing it because he directed the... Uh, I mean, I that this would be a darker Batman film solely based on... Uh, what I saw Reeves do with the Planet of the Apes trilogy. Right. I mean, and, that was... Uh, I go ahead, sorry. Yeah, no, you got I was going to say this one thing. Uh, there are a lot of people on Twitter 
who are talking, well, not a lot of people, but some people who are, you know, like, I just want DC to get back to making Batman for kids. And I'm like, did you not get two Lego, Lego Batman movies? Have you, have we not gotten animated Batman films? So like, if you, if you're expecting Batman to go back to any sort of shade of light tone, um, or a balanced tone. I'm I'm sorry. It's it's just not happening. You're expecting Batman to go back to a, a Schumacher era type deal. I'm sorry. That's there is no going. Batman will never return to that era of the screen. Everything that Batman will do on the big screen moving forward will be um, seriously taken. It will adhere to the true tone of Batman, which has mainly been a more Bat, uh, a more serious tone, uh, you know, grimy type aspect of Batman. That is what Batman is. He's not going back to the campy version. Now they're gonna pre- they're doing they're gonna do another Lego Batman. They're gonna do more animated movies, obviously. So if you want to sit there and you want Batman to continue that way, you can. But if you're expecting to take your five year old son to the Batman movie, you're worried about what he might see. Don't take him, even though I would argue that a five-year-old needs a five-year-old kid should be able to go see the Batman, you know, because who like we talk about censorship a lot, right? But like who's really well, following the censorship rules nowadays for children when it comes to it, superheroes? It depends on what all they show in the Batman film. Like if it's about what like the Dark Knight was in terms of violence and things like that, sure. Yeah. But if if it goes past that and it gets into rated R territory and we see like Batman busting skulls open and stuff like that and we just see like just blood everywhere and right. foul footage, I mean I, I would say that children have no business watching a film. Right. Um, which 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 is not gonna have I mean it's not gonna be gory violent, you know, but it's gonna be brutal. It's gonna be that, you know what I'm saying? Well, sure. I mean, yeah, it's going to be brutal. I mean, we got that vibe from the trailer. Um, I don't think we'll ever see a time where Batman is campy again. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we'll see it. Um, because I think at this point, DC has learned its lesson. And, cause it, and this is a lesson that's had to been shown to them twice. Because uh, back in... Um, whenever Burton was doing his films, right? Yeah. Um, the first two films, Batman and Batman Returns, both made uh, a fair amount of money, but they were also both incredibly praised by uh, critics. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, they, uh, with Batman, the producers thought, Okay, we got a lot of complaints from parents saying Danny DeVito, his penguin scared their children. So we're gonna we're just gonna completely back off of that, and we're gonna bring in Schumacher, and we're gonna you know go a totally different way with it. Yeah. Um, Now, granted, Batman Forever made a lot more money than did uh, uh, the first two. However, of course it did. Yeah. All that Batman and Robin 
flopped and was absolutely ripped to shreds by critics. Because everybody, yeah. everybody was like, what the hell is this? Yeah. The Schumacher films are nothing but modernized eras of Adam West Batman. But go ahead. Oh, yeah, that's exactly what they were. So, I mean, like I said, I was very pleased with what I saw from uh, from this trailer. I- I'm very excited. Um, yeah. I think DC back in it now in terms of being not in competing with the MCU. Yeah. Because, like I said, number one, it's not a competition. And number two, Marvel is still light years ahead of what DC's doing right now. Right. Uh, and- and, and and right now, we just need people to enjoy DC again, which by the looks of it, the trending trailers, the hype around everything, the articles that are coming out in the news, it looks like that. Like everyone's just enjoying DC for being DC again. And that's all we can ask for right now. But go Man, overload. Right now. Okay, yeah, I'm here. you Brad broke up a little bit. Go ahead. Yeah, Hello? I'm here. I'm here, bro. You good? Yeah. You here? Can you hear me? Okay. Go yeah, ahead. My you. bad. Um, damn it! I, oh yeah, I remember now. Honestly, I'm having Batman overload because we're talking about all this. And we haven't even touched on Michael fucking Keaton. Yeah. Which, yeah, go ahead. Which, which I showed you earlier. I found a picture online of of Affleck and Keaton's Batman's like looking at each other. And I'm like, bro, if they give me a scene with Keaton and Affleck cast together, the goosebumps that I felt in Endgame will not compare to the goosebumps I'll get watching that simply because I'm a Batman fan at heart. Right. That will just be maximum Batman. I can die happy at that point. You can, yeah. And I'm, I'm going to say this for Warner Brothers because, you know, we've come on here for a long time now mm-hmm. and just ripped Warner Brothers to shreds. Yeah. And, and lambasted them for... You know, doing what they did with Zack Snyder and bringing in Joss Whedon and giving us just a truly awful film. Yeah. We talked about also when as a Skywalker, which personally, I know it's really divisive. But I actually stand on the side of I thought Rise of Skywalker was a good movie. Um yeah, it's the, it's the best. I think it's the best movie of the sequel trilogy. I tell people that all the time. Sorry, I'm kind of zoning in and out. I'm I'm talking to you doing this podcast, and I'm keeping up with uh, the Clippers and Mavericks game. Yeah, I feel you, bro. Same, same. I need to. Oh, speak about Dame time, Eric. How's Dame time going? Man, I mean. And and before before we before we um, I think we're gonna have to do a part two on this cast tomorrow as well, so we can dive into Suicide Squad and Black Adam. But dive. 
Oh, yeah. snap, Eric. Yeah. Luka Doncic makes, just made a last-second shot. Mavericks win. I saw it. I just saw it, bro. I just saw it. Ah! ESPN can suck on my left toe telling me how unbeatable the Clippers are. This is why, this is why bro. I, man. You know what this? You know what I'm going to call this season, Eric? What's I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it the Lord of the Rings title. Call it now. 2020 is the return of the king when LeBron James will ascend. Ascend, I say, back to the finals. And the showdown between him and Giannis will be the stuff of legends. Yeah. It will be the king against the best player in basketball right now. Which I still like that's just me. I think Giannis is the best player right now. Like Yeah. And and you, you asked me where Dame time was and I was like, they had and look, I'm I'm telling you, you can go back and look, they had it too. They had like six turnovers in a row and failed to score on all of them that would have tied the game. I'm like, oh my goodness. And then that Lakers just blew it wide open. And I'm like, yep. There, it's it's a lesser and lesser probability now that Portland can make a comeback and try to win this series. Well, no, man, and King James hung thirty eight on them. Hung thirty eight, man. I told you that's the LeBron James I want to see. The LeBron James playing point guard, passing it to everybody else, trying to get them involved. I'm not sure that LeBron James can win the championship. I the LeBron James. That was in Cleveland when they fell behind three to one, and LeBron said, "I'm not losing this series," and proceeded yeah. for uh for four games straight or three games straight to play like a god among men and hang like forty points back to back, led everybody in blocks, steals, rebounds, and assists. I mean, my yeah. God, what did he not lead in? He just destroyed them. God. I just love yeah. basketball, and I and I can't wait to watch ESPN tomorrow and listen to them explain to me how the unbeatable Clippers, who were supposed oh, and you know Chris Broussard, he's gonna have that smart white right off his face because he said Clippers and five. Yeah. He said Clippers and five. The first game that the Mavericks won, he brushed it off and said no, you know they uh. They're not gonna, you know, it's it's Mavericks and five, uh, Clippers and five. And you want to hear something crazy, Eric? I just now realized. What's that? The Mavericks won this game without Porzingis. That's what I was about to tell you, man. I'm like, they did all this without Porzingis. Without Porzingis. So, Clippers fans, please tell me all about how your fifth best player, Patrick Beverly, being out impacted this game when the uh, Mavericks didn't play their second-best player. I don't without the, and they did it without their rim protector, and Luka still got it done. Their rim, prote- their rim protector, their uh, second-chance guy, I don't want to hear it. Mm-mm. I don't want to hear a damn excuse for the Clippers. Because no. all I've heard, or all I had to listen to, whenever Portland took game one, was, oh, man, the Lakers are so overrated. They're just the Lakers. <laughs> so, you know what? I want 
I want an explanation from ESPN and Clippers fans. I want to know why the seventh seed Mavericks are giving the Clippers fits right now. Right. That's what I want to know. Let me tell you something. And all I've heard is how there's nobody Kawhi Leonard can't guard. But Luka dropped Luka just dropped 43 on him. Exactly. Put him at the bus stop. Oh, yeah. Had Porzingis played in this game, it would have been even worse. Yeah. Because I'm going to tell you, the Mavericks, and this is how come, I know we've totally strayed away from D.C., and we'll get back on that real quick and closing thoughts on that. But let me just say this. This is how come I wasn't worried about the Lakers. Because with game one, I told you, I said what happened was the Lakers had the worst shooting I've ever seen. It was the worst performance I've ever seen. You had LeBron, 8 of 20, AD, 9 of 24. You're not going to beat anybody doing that. No No one. Um, It's like I told you in this last game, I told you even if Dame gets hot, which he did, he scored 31, which is great. So, but I told you, I told you, it don't matter if he gets his 30 or 40 points if LeBron and AD both get hot. And you had LeBron with 38, AD with 31. And I'm like, I'm telling you, like, as a team, as amazing as Dame is, he ain't enough to beat this team. He ain't enough. I love Dame Lillard. And he's been playing better basketball than anybody right now. And it kind of saddens me because I really respect the guy. And I think he's a hell of a competitor. I think he needs to get the hell out of Portland. Uh and get somewhere where they just need another shooter. Hell, maybe the Lakers could use him. Well, they got him locked down right now in that super big contract. He's locked. Oh, yeah. But the difference with that is, like I said, the the Lakers just had a bad game. But the Mavericks, to me, have looked like the better team in every game, except game three that the uh, Clippers won. But in game one... Like I told you, I've never been the guy to say refs cost teams games. But in that game, kicking out Porzingis over some bullish, yeah, that yeah. changed the game. Because the I, I think the match, they had that game. And then Porzingis getting ejected, different game. Game two comes back, what happened? The Mavericks put it on them. Yeah. They nah, man, you think we about to just lay down? And let y'all be this. Right. Welcome to your worst. Welcome to your worst nightmare. The Mavericks are fighting back, and now it's tied at two to two. So there's a lot of Clippers fans who need a lot of explaining. They have a lot of explaining to do. A lot of crow to eat more, more likely than that. Oh yeah. Because <laughs> all I've been, I've heard it all year long, Eric. Oh, the Clippers are so deep. They're just so deep. They all play defense. Kawhi and Paul George can lock it down. And they're just unbeatable and blah, 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 blah. I mean, they've had the Lakers, they've had the Clippers, you know what, down their throat this whole season. Yeah. I think it's time they spit that shit out and get their head out their ass and realize what's happening. The Mavericks are giving them fits. They can't guard Luka. I don't understand why ESPN can't just say it. And ESPN is biased. They have to sell a certain narrative. And if sports, you can't make sports follow your narrative. It just doesn't work like that. 
And I know. And then Chris Broussard, he's who I'm looking forward to hearing tomorrow on a first things first. He kept saying, he said, I picked the Clippers in five, which meant the Mavericks were going to win a game. And last night was that game. Well, the Mavericks have won two now. And if you recall, I think I said Mavericks in six. Yeah. And right now it looks like I have a way better chance of being right than Chris. That's true. But, hey, I'm still 100% set on my pick. Lakers, Bucks, finals, book it. Nah. Bro, we'll see. bro I'm telling you, because you were telling me that oh, here's some more crow I'm going to give you to eat. You told me that Orlando wasn't going to drop the series. And they did. I'll eat my crow on I that. I told you what was going to happen, Eric. I told you the Bucks are going to skull fuck them. And what did- you can't you can't make a game one statement like that like they did and then not deliver on the next few games and that's exactly what they've done, bro. It's not that they're not delivering; it's just that Giannis is a freak, and if Chris Middleton or Eric Bledsoe play even kind of good, they'll beat you. Because I tell you what's so crazy about the Bucks, man. You see so many teams now. Stopping the three, like you see all these perimeter defenders. The Bucks are weird because they said, "No, we're going to clog the lane. You're not going to drive in and score. The only way you're going to score on us is shoot threes. That's all we're going to give you, and you better hit them every time because we ain't going to give you nothing cheap and easy in the paint because they got Giannis and they're locking it down. So, I mean, I'm looking at the East." And let me tell you something. I love what I'm seeing from the Heat, but I don't know if the Which Heat is that, is that team to drain threes four games. We can do it if it's on the line when it counts. I think I think we can, but we'll we'll see. Our deep we have a great defense, but our defense can't bail us out. Oh all yeah. Time. And let me tell you something, man. Butler's a baller, and uh, but I'm gonna tell you something though, man. And this is some crow I gotta eat. I am freaking pissed off at the Philadelphia 76ers. They ought to be embarrassed. They, they ought they ought to be friggin' embarrassed. Cause I mean I and, and Ben Simmons getting injured, yeah, that played a huge role. But damn it, you shouldn't have gotten swept and gotten your ass kicked by the Celtics. Like they they got, they got their ass whooped. Straight. Right. That was ugly. That was pathetic. And I thought the, the 76ers were going to come out of the East this year. Boy, was, <laughs> boy was, that was going into the season. That was my prediction going into the season because Simmons and Embiid are a great duo. But, dude, they're making me eat a lot of crow on that one. But I got, as much as I love your heat, man, I got the bucks and six on that one. We'll see, man. I got Milwaukee in six just because, man, Giannis can't be stopped by anyone. And no, no disrespect to Jimmy Butler, I don't see him getting us his way. I love Jimmy, but, God, Giannis is just a monster. Uh, yeah. If Chris Middleton and Bledsoe can start shooting better, they might beat the Lakers. Yeah. I mean, I'll say that. And here's what's crazy. I've never seen a team 
that has the best record in the NBA be told they're the third best team? Like, I keep hearing that they're the third best because it goes Clippers, Lakers, Bucks. And I'm like, but the Bucks have the best record. Yeah. But, dude, real uh, we got way sidetracked there. <laughs> No, it's fine, man. We now we we talk everything about you know Zach's Justice League and and Batman. So tomorrow we can talk about Suicide Squad, Black Adam, and all the rest of the DC projects and dive into those as well. But go ahead. Oh, yeah, I'm excited, dude. I'm excited for a lot of things DC's putting out now because, like I told you, them getting Michael Keaton that revamped my interest in DC. Because, like I told you, man, I absolutely loved the Michael Keaton Batman films. I don't give a damn what anybody says. Those were amazing. Uh, Jack Nicholson is my second favorite Joker of all time. Heath being the first. Uh, But, I mean, those films were amazing. And for them to bring him back and pair him with Ben Affleck's Batman... Like I said, you give me one scene where them two are throwing hands together, like beating the shit out of some like street thugs or something. I ain't, yeah. I ain't gonna be ready for that. I'm just not. Yeah. DC, I mean, congratulations. I mean, we have shit on Warner Brothers a lot, but this is what I was trying to say earlier before I got sidetracked, and the point I was making about Star Wars. You know, Rise of Skywalker, the main reason I loved it so much is because I could tell it was Disney trying to right the wrong. They realized Last Jedi didn't do it for people. They realized that. Yeah. So that's, you know, like I told you, if if you were going to give Rise of Skywalker an honest title, it would have been Star Wars, fuck the Last Jedi. Yeah. Uh, but they learned their lesson. And so I'm like, you know, congratulations. I can't ask you to do anything more than that. Yeah. And it seems to me like Warner Brothers has learned from their mistake. Yeah, they have. It seems to me that they know that they're not going to build anything acting like Marvel light. They're not going to build a cinematic universe. I mean, forget building a cinematic universe. They're not going to be relevant if they try to be Marvel light. And it seems like now that's not what they're going to do. DC is going to do their own thing. And I couldn't be happy because that's all I can ask them to do. Right. Do thing. And if it doesn't work, I'll be sad, but at least I can respect them for trying for trying. Yeah. And I can respect them for that. Uh, but I can't respect them for being a copycat. Yeah. That- so, I mean, overall, man, I absolutely am in love with what I saw from Zach's JL trailer and mostly from Pattinson's Batman. Yeah. Like, that trailer has me excited to go back to the theaters for DC. And it's a great feeling for me because I've come on here so many times being the negative Nancy, talking about I'm done with DC. I don't yeah. care anymore. You know, and that, I mean, that's just been my mentality, man. You had, you had the right to at the time. You had the right. That was just my feeling. I'm like, I don't care. After I saw Birds of Prey, I was just kind of like, 
I don't understand where this is going anymore. I don't know what DC's trying to do. Um, and it was sad for me to reach that conclusion, but that's just where I was. But bringing back Keaton and everything else, haters are going to hate no matter what. But, yeah. you know, and I got to tell you this, I'm getting really sick and tired of people talking about, oh, it's going to suck. And the movie's not even out yet. Not even out yet. Like, I didn't know that you were some kind of special movie exec who already saw it. Right. I mean, that kind of gets on my nerves a lot. But at yeah. the end of the day, I'm, I think DC's back. They're back, man. They are back for sure. But this was a good one, man. This was. This was an absolute good one, man. And like I said, man, DC fandom gave us so much to unpack that we're going to have to split and talk about everything else tomorrow. It was so much that they gave us to unpack, man. So, yeah, this was this was definitely a fun one. I'm more excited now than I was back in 2016 and 2017, even more hyped. And I'm just glad that DC is back doing what they – should have been doing and doing what they do best, which is their own thing. So I'm happy, man. I'm happy. Oh, me too, bro. Yeah. But we will catch you guys later. Thank you guys for tuning in to J House Podcast Radio. We'll catch you guys tomorrow to talk about Suicide Squad, Black Adam, and all the other DC projects. And you guys have a blessed Sunday. See you this week. Peace. Peace. Thank you for joining. This has been another edition of J House Radio.